0: Radio, The official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands You're listening to Jet Nation Radio. Official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here's your host, Glenn Naughton.
1: Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Uh, not sure what happened there. It sounds like our intro did a reboot halfway through. But anyway, uh, plenty to talk about tonight. Lots going on in the uh, in the world of the Jets in terms of comments made by GM Mike McCagnon and Adam Gase. We're going to talk about what they had to say, what it could mean for some guys on the roster. And we're going to talk draft. We're going to go over... Uh, couple of major areas of need for the jets talk about some possibilities that they could set so the, the direction they can go to address some of those needs and uh, touch on the, you know, where this team is headed in terms of the big picture. Look, we're pre-draft right now, but I'm, I'm already, and I know, we, you know, sometimes we get a little bit of ahead of ourselves and overly optimistic during off seasons when, when big additions are made, but um I made some comments last week about what I think this team could do, and the more I think about it, um, I think this team is. No matter which direction they go in the draft, I think this team is is heading in the right direction, and they're gonna they're gonna surprise some people this year. But, um, but first off, this episode of Jet Nation Radio is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're in New Jersey, you can get a five hundred dollar risk free bet when you sign up. This applies to all of their markets, whether you're going NBA, NHL, MLB, or anything else available on FanDuel Sportsbook. Check them out. Do it today. So, as I said, uh, Mike McCagnin, Jets GM, and new head coach Adam Gase met with the media this week during the annual owners meetings. I believe it was in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, both, you know... No one's going to come out and say anything directly more times than not, whether it's the head coach or the GM. But uh, that wasn't that wasn't really the case this time around, as Mike Mcagnan, Jets general manager, and I said this right. I tweeted it out. I mean, I think I made a similar comment a couple months ago when Mcagnan spoke with the media, and it was even more evident at the owners' meetings the other day. I mean, Mike McAgnon is basically begging someone to call him and make him an offer for the third overall pick in the draft. So he's in a, a an unfamiliar position. Draft is coming. He's already got his quarterback. And uh, teams reportedly, you know, Mcagnon's had a few teams I've contacted, you know, just putting out feelers, I'm sure, to get a, get some kind of idea what it's going to take to pry the third pick away from the Jets. And depending on what team that is, I mean, the Jets could be looking at getting an an absolute haul of picks. Now the question becomes if you're the Jets and you want to, and you want to move this pick, What's the appropriate compensation? Because depending on, obviously, depending on how far you're dropping down and what teams have to offer, you can be, you know, the the, the, the dream scenario, I guess in a way, because as I've said before, if you're the Jets and you have an opportunity to grab Bosa or Quentin Williams, Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams, with a third pick, or even Josh Allen. You want to throw Josh Allen in there? Wouldn't be upset with that pick at all. But if you have a chance to get one of those guys at three, you better be asking for, as I've said before, a ton of picks. And now when you start talking about a team like the Washington Redskins, who are rumored to have interest in that third pick, I I couldn't begin to imagine what, what that should require. Based on, you know, what what we've seen historically with the Redskins, the Redskins did this a few years ago. Well, more than a few years ago now. But Dan Snyder and the Redskins moved up from six to three so they could draft RG3. And they gave up three first rounders. You know, a swap of firsts, two more firsts on top of that and a couple seconds, if I'm not mistaken. That was to move up three spots. That's a ton of picks. If you're talking to go from 15 to three, if you're Mike McCagnon, I mean, I, I don't even know where you start. Well, I know where you start. You start with multiple ones and twos. And, you know, maybe, and I think I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago. I'm gonna say, give me a, give me a starting player. Give me a Brandon Scherf or something along those lines. And that, it, it sounds like a lot, right? People, would, oh, no one's gonna give that much up in a in a trade. If someone wants to move from 15 to three, they are. That's that's no joke. That's an insane number of draft picks. It's an ins- insane amount of. Of cap, you know, of uh, draft points. So if the if the Washington Redskins want to move up to three, they better they better be prepared to give up a boatload of picks. That's the problem. You know, you look at the different draft value charts online, and every team is going to be different. But you know, you can, you can get some kind of idea, a general idea. Okay, I'm going to pull one up right now. I, sh- I should have done this right before going on the air. And did the math on it, but let's see. This is uh, this is just one of the random draft value charts. Having looked at a few of them, they they tend to be somewhere in the same ballpark. But let's let's say you're the Redskins, you want to move up to number three, and you're picking fifteenth. You've got to make up two thousand points. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, but eleven, roughly eleven hundred points is what you're looking at making up. And 1,100 points on its own would be pick number 14 in the draft. And I, and that's the excess. That's the over. That's how much is left over if the Redskins were to go from 15 to 3. you got you got to give up over 1,000 points. And then, as we saw last year with Sam Darnold and the Jets, and as we've seen many times in the past, that draft value chart, it kind of the value of that pick that's that's going to allow a team to draft a quarterback, that goes up. So really, if you're the Redskins, you're looking at again multiple firsts, multiple seconds, because th- that's what you that's what you gave up to go from six to three. You want to go from fifteen to three? Steep, steep price. So the Jets are either going to get a premium player at three, or they're going to they're going to move down, and they're going to get extra picks, either from a team like the Redskins. Now we've talked about the Giants as a possibility, and stories have come out today that they're they're looking at some of the quarterbacks they could add a Duke, um, Greer, Will Greer what is he West Virginia? I love the fact that I'm. I only halfway know who the quarterbacks are because you know, I don't, don't care this year. Um, but Greer and uh, the kid out of Duke are apparently the guys that the Giants are looking at because they feel like they, they can get them without having to move up. And, but then at the same time, you hear rumors of the Giants are in on Josh Rosen, who the Cardinals are probably looking to move because they're going to go with Kyler Murray at the top of the draft is the speculation at this point. But no matter how you slice it, whether it's the Giants coming up, to get a quarterback or the Red and you look at the, the Redskins are in a tough spot. Because the Redskins are they're not gonna get obviously the, the Giants are getting a quarterback whether they trade up or not. They're getting one before the Redskins have a chance. And then if you're the Redskins, you're looking at the Eagles with Carson Wentz, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, the Giants with whichever quarterback they take, and then you have Colt McCoy. I mean, the Redskins are never gonna have a hard time selling tickets. But my goodness, you can't you can't go into the season and explaining to your fans that all three teams in your division have either a proven young starter or a, a first round guy under center, and you're going with Colt McCoy. You just you can't do that. I mean, you can, but it's I mean, it, it sends a message to the fan base that you're you're laying down for a couple of years, and that's not good business. They can say they're comfortable with Colt McCoy all they like, but I mean, th- do you believe that? Does anyone believe that? Uh, I I wouldn't buy that for a second. So if you're the Jets, you know they do they do the Jets only have six picks, not enough. I I would I would even say, and I, I think I may have mentioned this previously. Yes, of course, the, that that third pick offers the most value. But listen, this is you know with you can you can take that early third. And move down to the middle of the third, and add a fifth or a sixth somewhere. I mean, n- not every, not every, not every trade has to be a blockbuster first round, first round deal that, that nets you three, four, five picks. There's nothing, nothing wrong with moving down and adding a pick here and a pick there. Putting your, you know, I would, I would be, I would be really surprised if the Jets don't come out of this draft with at least eight players. With, you know, again, most of them will be later rounds. Um, if, if they don't move that one and it's, the Jets are kind of in a, they're in a good spot because like I said, they're either getting a blue chipper at three or they're, they're loading up on picks and filling multiple holes. And that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with either of those scenarios because even if you, even let's say you stay put, you get you get Quinn and Williams at three, you get Bosa at three. Now, now you've got a couple of guys on defense, you know Jamal. To include Jamal Adams, hopefully Leo sees a bump in production. You have like legitimate Pro Bowl slash All Pro potential players, all under the age of twenty four, leading your defense. So you're in a good spot there, or you trade down. You get it. You you get you, you get yourself some interior linemen. You get yourself a maybe a corner, maybe a receiver. I mean that that that's the the receiver thing's a little um, I'm um up and down on that. I mean I do feel like they have to get one. I don't know how early they need to grab one. Because they have some guys there, you know, that make it not as much of a need as it was before. But let's let's get into that now. Let's take a look. We're going to look at O-line. Actually, no, sorry. We're going to talk about the, the Adam Gase comments next. So, a few interesting points that Adam Gase made. I would say, first off, he was asked about Darren Lee. And he gave that stock answer, Darren Lee is currently on our roster. I mean, has there ever been an answer that's more detrimental to a guy on a roster than to say he's currently on our roster? It surprises me that the Jets are this to move Darren Lee. I think I've made that clear. I've I, And listen, I, I understand the concerns with Darren Lee. He has been... Even though he had his best year last season, he was far from perfect. Um, Honestly, to me, his off-field stuff worries me a little more. Um, Between, and not even just the drug suspension, but he's done some weird sort of off-the-wall stuff. um, From having to be restrained from screaming at that girl at a concert. To the, the, the report where he said he was attacked and he thanked the police for their help. I'm going off the top of my head, so I could be a little bit off here, but he, he, he publicly thanked the Columbus Police Department in Ohio, thanked them for their help, and then they released a statement or responded, and they were like, we don't know what he's talking about. We didn't help him with anything. Um. So he said he was attacked and beaten up, and he defended himself, and the police got involved. The police said they didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, Leo had to pull him out of a concert screaming at some girl. He has sent out a couple tweets that he then deleted, but still sent out some tweets that were... Showed a lack of maturity, um, some sort of weird stuff there, and then the drug suspension, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that stuff piling up, and maybe the Jets are just like, listen, the guy is not good enough to keep on the roster with this bizarre behavior. Acting weird on Twitter, acting weird in public, getting suspended for drugs, that all adds up, and maybe the Jets are like, you know what, it's just a matter of time till it's something else. Let's see if we can get something for him. However, if they feel like he has grown up and matured a little bit, then I, I don't see why why you wouldn't keep a guy keep a guy around who, uh, as I've said, he's only due 1.8, and he's shown that he can do some things well, and you would think that Greg Williams would be able to find a role for him in the defense. But as I said, Adam Gase just kind of said, Darren Lee's on our roster. And uh, it doesn't get it, there's not a, a whole lot more damning comment than that. Uh, he was uh, Adam Gase was also asked about Le'Veon Bell, and surprise, surprise, they plan on using him to do things he's good at, like run the football. Uh, that's a t- that's a t- one, you know one of the things a reporter you kind of have to ask because he's the big name, the big acquisition. Uh, what the, what the hell else is Adam Gase going to say? Uh, you know, we're not sure. We haven't we haven't given as much thought yet. Haven't decided how we're going to use Le'Veon Bell yet. Um, that's a little bit. You know, it, it's it's kind of you have to ask it, but you know you you know the answer before you do. Um, he also addressed C.J. Mosley, the linebacker that was brought in from Baltimore. I've said myself. Um, you know, really good player, but for that money, are is, are the impact plays there? Um, not again, not from the. The all twenty two that I watched. But that, you know, it, it could be a matter of just picking a bulk of games where he didn't play his best football. The, you know, in coverage, saw him get beat more than I would have liked for a guy who can max out at seventeen million a year. But Adam Gase loves him, said they put on a full court press, they wanted him to be the, the quarterback of the defense, which was Darren Lee's job last year. Want him to be the quarterback of the defense. He's going to call the plays. He's been to four Pro Bowls. The guy can play. Um, you know, the, the, don't misconstrue me saying I don't love the signing as as in I don't think the guy can play. I just don't know about giving out a deal that can be worth up to $17 million for an inside linebacker. Now, you know, that that's me. That's all pro money. But... Um, but we'll see where it goes. He's again, not don't 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 tweet me when he's having a fantastic season and say, "Oh, you said he sucks." Not, not saying that at all. Just saying that's an awful lot of money for a guy who. I mean, and it does worry me a little bit with him and Williamson in coverage um, on you know at any at any given time, because I don't know that uh, I don't know how that how that how that's going to play out for the Jets, but I'm sure we will find out. Hey, I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope they get a few interceptions each and uh, and lead the Jets to you know being one of the top defensive units in the NFL. But we'll see about that. Uh, Jamison Crowder, another new addition. Adam Gase also talked about him. He said he likes the the versatility that they have basically on offense. The, the multiple looks they can give between Le'Veon Bell, Crowder, Quincy, Robbie. Uh, he he likes the way that he thinks that they Crowder is a guy who can beat zone or man coverage. Be you know beat guys to the inside because because of the the quickness he has and uh you know get, give him option routes, give him the opportunity to go deep if he wants and uh just let him let him run the whole route tree and and these guy you know they they want to be able to create matchups where they can where they can beat any coverage and listen when you have Le'Veon bell i mean it, that it, it changes everything and that you know I was thinking about it earlier today. And you just, you know, you, you know, Le'Veon Bell's a great player. You're excited when you get him. And then you just when you think about the difference, you know, I kind of thought about it today. I said, so when Darnold's under pressure now, instead of checking down to Isaiah Crowell, he's checking down to Le'Veon Bell. Like that alone, that that alone it should do so much for Sam Darnold and this offense and moving the ball down the field. I think it's, I think this offense has the opportunity be very exciting i said it uh i said it last week i've said it on twitter some people are giving me a hard time but listen and i understand o-line upgrades still have to be made but i mean listen i said last year this o-line wasn't as bad as people thought they were in terms of pass blocking as it turned out they were you know 17th 18th depending on who you're looking at football outsiders pff they were middle of the pack o-line statistically a bunch of different metrics And then, you know, for for sites that grade them and, you know, look at sort of go a little bit more in depth. And now you've added uh, an all pro left guard. And I'm assuming you're going to be adding some more guys in the draft. And, you know, maybe I've talked a lot about Josh Sitton. He still hasn't signed with anybody. And sometimes you see these vets that are kind of sitting at home, guys who can play and teams just give them a call and say, look, um, let us see how the draft pans out. But, you know, we might look to add you down the road, but e- either way, whether it's the draft or free agency, I don't think the Jets are done on the O line. And if you bring a guy like Sitting in here, I'll tell you what—that's that's a much improved O line. And now that means you have Sam Donald with a year under his belt, making that year one to two jump, and now throwing a Q, Robbie Crowder, check down the Bell, Herndon. This is a deep tight end class. We might see them take a tight end at some point in this draft. There's going to be, you know, if you trade down, I mean, my goodness, the the thought of adding one of the top tight ends in this class early on, I would have no problem with that. And Sam Darnold would have a field day. I don't don't see how you could look at that and say, you know, especially looking at the way Darnold played late in the season. And if you say to that, we're going to add, the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's got that year of experience. He's not, he's not wet behind the ears anymore. He's going to have better blocking and improved weapons, vastly improved weapons. Again, Isaiah Crowell to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, come on. And last year's version of Jermaine Curse, which was an embarrassment. I mean that that's unexplainable. That what went down with Jermaine Curse, but now you have Crowder instead of Curse. And Bell instead of instead of Crowell, and an improved offensive line, and a more experienced Darnold. All that factored together, that to me, you know, that to me has the the potential to be a a really good top ten type offense, which would be quite the jump. And let's hope it happens that way. Uh, Gase also commented on Rob Gronkowski. He said he'll believe the retirement when he sees it, which is exactly what I tweeted as soon as I saw it. I, I think I said. Um, you know, let's see if Gronk doesn't come back out of retirement when the Patriots need him. Let's say it's week 14, Patriots getting primed for a playoff run. They call Gronk and just say, hey, you want to come get another Super Bowl ring? You know, just kind of hang out with us for the next couple of months and score some touchdowns. So I'll I'll believe that when I see it. And uh, Gase, of course, said that he, he liked the idea of uh, – Facing Tom Brady because you you want to be you want to beat the best, which I get. These are these guys are competitive people. So as much as we as fans want uh, want Tom Brady to retire, I mean, who doesn't want Tom Brady to retire? So nothing nothing shocking there from Gase. The uh, again, probably the most important comments is how noncommittal he was. Yeah. Now, sorry. Look at how how noncommittal he was to Darren Lee's. Future with the team Have to believe he is being Shopped and he is on his way out And uh, again somewhat surprising I don't uh, value wise I don't see him getting more than a fourth Maybe maybe best case you get some Team to do a conditional You know we'll give you a four that becomes A three if Darren Lee Has you know 85 Tackles and you know Three interceptions and whatever Whether it starts whether it's Pro Bowl which he's not going to see but uh, I, I think a fourth is your best case scenario. I think fifth or sixth is the most likely scenario. And maybe maybe you wait till the you know maybe you wait till the draft. The team that's looking to maybe add a player like Darren Lee through the draft, and they don't get the guy they want. Maybe they call and say, "We were hoping to get this guy in round four. He's gone. We'll give you our fourth, or we'll give you our fifth, something along those lines." We'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But now we're going to get a little bit into the Jets' needs, and who they could be looking at to fill them. So the biggest areas of need, obviously, interior offensive line, pass rusher, corner, as I said earlier, to some degree, receiver. But the focus focus today is going to be on that interior offensive line and edge rushers. Now, as we know, the Jets have re-signed Jonathan Harrison at center. They've added Osmele at guard, at left guard, added from the Raiders, and that means they go into the season. Well, they go into head into the draft. Kelvin Beachum, Osmele, Harrison, Brian Winter, is Brandon Shell. Harrison, I I I can't I find it hard to believe they would be happy to go into the season without having someone at least push him at center. And Brian Winters to me shouldn't be one hundred percent guaranteed his job at right guard. You know, not whether it's Josh Sitton or whoever. I'd like to see someone come in and push him. Some of the names draft wise who I think, you know, the Jets will try to target. Some of these guys are only realistic options if they trade down and add picks because a couple of these guys are going to be second rounders. Uh, you know, BC's Chris Lindstrom, good chance he doesn't make it out of round one. Um, and if he does, he's certainly not making that out of round two. That would be shocking. So that re- that would require a trade-up. Or the additional picks, sorry, um, when when they trade down. But Lindstrom, out of Boston College, the guy moves so well. Um, it's, you know the the few games I've watched him in, very impressive guy. Kind of feel like he's a he's a, a day one starter, which you don't see a lot of those coming out of college nowadays. He's just over three hundred. He ran well at the combine, thirty four inch arms, and he, he's a guy who's played since he was a freshman. At Boston College, the guy can play. He's, you know, he he he's expected to be a guard in the NFL. I would love to see the Jets get him if they add a second rounder, but I just don't see that happening. N- not because I don't see a second rounder being added, but I think they would go center in that spot. I think that's a that's the bigger need. And Lindstrom, I don't think I don't think he's going to play center in the pros. I think Eric McCoy. Out of Texas A&M, I think he's a guy you have to look at. He moves well for a big dude. His arms came in at 32 inches at the combine. He's another guy. He's just over 300 pounds. He did skip his senior year. Could have played another season at Texas A&M, but he had enough. uh, A ton of starts. He only missed one or two games. Um, And I don't have his 40 time offhand. Um, I'll try to grab that and look that up right now. But I know he ran really well at Indy, four eight nine. So he ran a four eight nine, which is pretty damn good for a for a three hundred pound human being. And he's a, he's a guy that some people, you know, there were some whispers that did did he vault himself into the first round by moving that well. Um, I don't think he's a first rounder, but I think he would have to be a possibility. He would have to be a possibility if the Jets added a second. Um, again, probably pay, play center or guard for you. And with center being the more immediate need, obviously. Michael Jordan out of OSU. Another one, another interior. Another interior lineman can probably play guard or center. Arm length came in at just under 35 inches. Big hands, big wingspan. Um, And he's another guy who played as a freshman, which isn't... uh, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do at Ohio State. So, good size. He shows... He, again another guy who moves well the, the more i watch this class the more the more i watch these interior linemen i'm feeling pretty good about it um some some guys coming out of major programs big games they've played against big time talent and they've and they've held up they've done really well a guy you may have heard me mention previously michael Dider, out of wisconsin he's a guy who can he, he can block well on the run game and the pass game probably better against the run but he's played some guard uh where he probably will play in the pros i don't i don't i don't know that he'll get a look at center but he's a, a big dude he he was he was expected to play tackle but i think he just did a better job from what i recall from what i've read up on Dieter. um He's done a better job at guard. When I did watch him, uh, I watched a couple of Wisconsin games during the year just because that offensive line—so many guys on that line could play—and he's one of them. And he kind of jumped at me because again it was set for Brian Winters um, at right guard because Winters is a guy who is, uh, you know, solid enough player, but he's just not consistent enough. Brian Winters, for the money he makes, doesn't play the position as consistently as you would like for that money. So I would say that uh this year they either find his, his replacement for this season or they find his eventual eventual replacement for next season. And Dieter my two favorite guys who are in my mind anyway realistic guys that'll be there in the third round, I hope. Dieter is one the other one, and Dieter probably the least likely of, of the three that I'm mentioning. But uh, Michael Dieter is one. Connor McGovern, I like him a lot. I, I came away really impressed with how well he moved. Um, getting outside on screens, getting outside to the edge, he, uh, he did a really nice job kicking guys out, twisting guys inside. He's played center. He's played guard. Fills that need, being able, being able to play either position, um, you know, smash mouth type offense, although probably less so now than years past at Penn State. But um, still a good player, projected to be to go anywhere from round three to round four or five, depending on where you look. I don't think I've seen anybody have him higher than round three. I could be wrong. So I think he's a guy who will be there when the Jets pick in the third round. And if I'm the Jets, I absolutely I have no problem taking Connor McGovern. I think he's a guy who can start for you. Uh, the next guy is Nate Davis out of Charlotte. So a small school guy. Um, comes in at 316 and saw his name come up a couple times at the Combine. I'm sorry, not the Combine, at the, um, at the Senior Bowl. And he looked pretty good. He really did. He, you know, he played tackle in college. He'll probably move into go- – he's expected to play guard in the pros. But he's a guy that – he um, who's starting to get some attention. I think I just said McGovern again. I meant Davis if I did say McGovern. But, yeah, Nate Davis is a guy – it's hard to find any, any footage on him because he played at a small school, was able to watch his game against Tennessee, And there was one other game I watched. I was only able to find two of his games. But, again, he's played center. He's played guard. Big guy, strong guy, who is reportedly flying up draft boards, which I always think is kind of a silly term. I mean, I get it. I understand guys play well and analysts want to have something catchy to say. But a couple things. Draft boards, at least from the the former general managers I've heard in interviews or you know, Pat Kerwin stuff, um, boards don't change a great deal during the, the pre-draft process. A couple guys might move around, but for the most part, you've got a year of, of film study and in-person watching and pr- attending practices that help you put your board together. You don't see these drastic changes. You would think if you listen to these analysts that, that names are just flying up and down boards every day. Um, and if a guy is moving up a board, is, is an executive really going to call an analyst and let him know Like like you're working in the Jets' war room and your phone rings. Oh, hang on, guys. I got to take this. It's Mel Kiper. Uh, I have to go let him know that uh, Ryan Bates just moved up on our board. So it's hypothetical. It's guys guessing based on good performances in the combine or the the senior bowl or a pro day. This guy is flying up draft boards. Yes, because NFL executives are dying to tell the media which players they have moving up and down their boards. So I think that's kind of grain of salt stuff. I think it's more, it's another way of saying this guy is really impressing people right now. So anyway, um, that was another name I just mentioned. The name I just mentioned, Ryan Bates. He's a Penn State guy. He's played some guard, played some tackle. Some debate as to where he'll play in the pros. Arms are a little bit short for tackle. Probably most likely to play most likely to play guard. He's you know he's another guy that comes in right around 300. But uh those are a few options for the interior o, interior o line that I think could uh that I think the jets could target, especially those middle round guys or you know the sort of third fourth rounders, and they they might be able to get a couple guys who can play and I w- again, no issue if they grab a center and a guard. one guy could start this year, the other one could kind of take the opportunity to 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 learn behind Brian winters and eventually replace him. Um, one last guy I wanted to mention is because, you know, sometimes you get these guys who get nicked up, they get dinged up, they miss a full season for whatever reason, and it allows the team to get a steal. Um, and one guy that, that I've seen, I, in all honesty, I've seen very little of, but I remember him being a player I wanted to keep an eye on this season um, was Alex Barr's guard, offensive tackle for Notre Dame. Uh, but he had an ACL MCL injury, and he missed most of the season, so didn't play nearly as much as he hoped. Um, not nearly as much out there on him as I had hoped for. So I'm actually hoping to uh, hoping to get a, a look at him. I haven't had a chance yet, but definitely somebody to again, especially if you're talking about late round steals, guys. You can get a little bit later because of because of an injury something along those lines and um so that that that's the interior o line guys we'll cover this week but it might be some more as I'm as I'm going through and watching games if someone jumps out at me might throw in a couple names at a later time but uh right now if you're looking for three names for guys I would love the jets to target in round 3 who I think will be there there's a chance they will be there in round 3 it would be Dieter who's probably the least likely guy to be there McGovern and Nate Davis out of Charlotte. Those are the three guys, if I'm the Jets, that I'm taking a look at with, with my first third-round pick. And with in the case of Davis and, and uh, McGovern, again, depending on who you listen to, they might be there in round four. And uh, we shall see how that unfolds. And next we're going to take a look at the edge rushers, which, of course, there's the possibility that the Jets will address that need with the third pick, because if it's Bosa or Allen, it's you know those guys. They have to be possibilities. But me personally, um, I still think I still think if the draft were today, and he's on the board, I think it's Quinnen Williams, and that's largely due to the fact that Mike Mcagnon's got this rep for for taking the best player, and I I think he's the best player. Not everyone agrees. He's but he's to me he's a plug and play guy. I mean he's definitely a plug and play guy. There's no debating that. It's just how well he'll play. And as I've said, um, and you see it more and more analysts talking about it. It's uh that the new thing in this league because the ball gets out so damn quick is you gotta be able to you gotta be able to get push up the middle. You gotta be able to move the quarterback off their spot because the ball is out of there. The the best you can hope for is instant pressure, force the guy to roll out, and then since he's rolling out, he's going to have to hesitate, getting rid of the ball. But uh, if if it's not Allen or Bosa at three, and it's let's let's first we'll address the possibility of a trade down. You say the Jets trade down to let's say they're in the ten, twelve, thirteen range. Well, then you're looking at Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. He's a guy who's just diagnosed with a heart condition, but Sweat and his coaches at Mississippi State claim it's an issue they've known about. It's not something that will affect his ability to play. He's played his whole time in college with it. And, of course, this will be signed off. This will be either agreed with or disagreed with by the doctors. If the doctors say he can go, I don't see any reason why he's not a guy you look at. guy ran a four-four-one at Indy, and I know speed's not everything. But G, a two hundred and sixty pound guy ran a four four one. Uh which which was a record. Not surprising. But man, that's that's eye popping stuff right there. Uh Farrell from Clemson. He early on he was kind of a lot of people mentioned him as a possible possible guy at three for the Jets. I don't think that happens at three. Brian Burns, he was a guy I liked. He actually he started playing too well. I liked him early in the season. I messaged a couple of people, a couple of fellow fans, and I was like, hey, check this guy Brian Burns out. I like I like what he's doing. And then he just had one of this great run where it was like, okay, he's not a, he's no longer, you know, he's no longer an unknown. He's no longer a, a guy flying under the radar. Um, but he 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 could be a mid round pick. He ran a four five three one six one ten yard shuttle and the uh or a ten yard split in the three cone he ran a seven oh one but Brian Burns is the guy if you that, that that's that Washington target. If you get if the Redskins give you a ton of picks to move up and you, you're at fifteen, that's Brian Burns territory. And so you still get an edge rusher. Jakai and I'm not even sure about the, the pronunciation. Is it polite? All I know is he's a guy... I I only had a chance to watch one of his games. And he honestly didn't do a lot. Um, This was a few weeks ago, right before the combine. And then he had that disastrous combine where everything went wrong. Um, Everybody reported the interviews were bad. Pulled out of the workout. And then at his pro day, he gets hurt. So you look at him and think he's either... I mean, he's basically – he's probably no longer a first-rounder. But then you say, well, then could he be a huge steal? If he's if he's a projected first and all this kills him and he, he drops to the third round, well, then you almost have to take him. You almost have to. But we'll see. He's, he's um, A lot of teams are going to be turned off what's, what's happened with this guy. And then DeAndre Walker, a guy I think who doesn't get enough credit – um, when I was doing my mock a few weeks ago, I, I, watched, some, I watched some footage on him. Um, workout numbers weren't great, but uh, I think he's just one of those guys. Again, Georgia, you know, they just they just turn out good players. I think he can be a, a, a solid. I, he's one of those guys who might be a more productive guy in the pros than he was in college. But he looks like he can be a good player. And one of the more intriguing polarizing players in this draft and these actually both these guys I want to mention because uh, they could both be options in round three but I, I you know I honestly think they both go earlier than that I hate to say it, these would have to be second round guys more likely than not but Jalen Ferguson LSU no sorry not LSU Louisiana Tech he's a guy who had seven sacks in 2017 during, during his time in Louisiana Tech, he had 26 tackles for a 17 and a half sacks. Um, and uh, but he, he's a polarizing guy. I've heard people say he can be a pro bowler. And I've heard other people say he's just, he's not going to cut in the NFL. I I would say, from what I've seen of him, I would say he's going to be a no later than early third round. And then uh, Chase Minovich out of Michigan um hair on fire kind of guy great motor um currently viewed as a another sort of third round range so again that that third round where the Jets have two picks that could be that could be huge because you know you you want to get some value somewhere along the way and he could prevent that opportunity Um, As far as guys who could be there in round four or five, one guy that I, another one, this is another guy that's really kind of drives you a little bit crazy. Christian Miller out of Alabama. Um, Part-time player, missed a lot of time with a biceps injury in 2017. Um, But he had eight and a half sacks as a part-time guy. Now, is that because he's that good or is that because playing on arguably the most talented defense in college football and they're always up by 50 points and it's just pin your ears back and go that's what makes Christian Miller a bit of a an anomaly and a reason why he's probably currently not viewed as a a round one or two pick he's got a lot a lot of people expect to expect to be there in round four or five so that's that's a possible steal there to be honest I mean that's a that's a guy who's been very productive and you know considering his playing time and he's done it at a big school and big games and he, he looks explosive you know I've watched him who's that Oklahoma looked really good and uh found some pieces on him where that's kind of a consensus everyone's looking at him as you know what, what do you make of this guy came into Alabama highly touted couldn't really crack the starting lineup as a regular but when he got on the field he made plays so sometimes those are the guys you look out for where there's a you know a weird situation that prevents them from from living up to the hype. But when they do get a shot, they look like the player you'd hope they'd be. And uh, for me, that's Christian Miller as a possible edge rusher. And that would give the Jets, I mean, again, if you had an edge rusher, let, let's say you get Bosa or, or Allen. Or let's let's talk about one of the three that it will be if they stay at three. It's going to be Bosa, Allen, or Quinn and Williams. And what any of those guys will do for this front seven is, is going to be, you know, they're going to make this front seven much better. You know, with Bosa, there's the injury concerns, which I don't think that's enough play. I don't know why that doesn't get talked about more. He has had two season-ending injuries. And that would be concerning for me for a third overall pick. But let's say he's not there, because most expect he won't be, unless another team trades up to two to take a quarterback. But if you're the Jets, and you add one of those guys to your front seven, and then you use a pick, let's say a third rounder, your first third rounder, you use that on the best guard on the board, which, as I've just said, I think there are three or four who can play. Well now, now, now you should be able to get a little bit more push in the run game than you have the last couple of years. So you're getting a little more push in the run game, and you got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, Eli McGuire who who showed some flashes. All of a sudden you're opening up the you're opening up the play action. And now now when you run and play action, it, it's Quincy, it's Robbie, it's Herndon. And any tight end they potentially draft, this team. And like I said, I said it last week. I said for everybody who thinks this team is going to win four or five games, you're in for a surprise because they're going to double that. They're going to double that what most people are expecting. And you know that that's <laughs> for for those of you like myself, uh, the the non math the non uh, math whizzes. That doubling four to five wins, th- this is an eight to ten win team. I think when when this when all this plays out, and all this talk about having the worst roster in the league and the least talented roster in the league and blah blah blah, that just kind of people who don't like the general manager like to repeat over and over again. I think they're wrong. I think they were wrong last year. As I've said before, I think with better coaching, that was a six or seven win team. Now they do have better coaching, and the talent has improved. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on Adam Gase this year, because even though it's year one, guess what, Adam? This is the best quarterback you've had in all likelihood. This is the best quarterback you've had. This is the best running back you've had. This is the best receiving group you've had. And you're an offensive genius. So go, go do your thing. And let's see this team put up some points. And I think he's under pressure to do that. And I, I think he's going to respond. And again, it, if, if you add O-line talent and you only get that much better, so much talk about, and, you know, and, and it's interesting because I tweeted this out earlier. And I'm, I'm going to jump on right now and see where the where the results are at. I haven't looked at it in a while. Because this is sort of what I've said for a couple of years now about Mike Mcagnan. that uh you know quick summary, <laughs> the ten win season they went for it the next year, it fell apart, then they tore it all down, and uh people seem to think for some reason that uh that they're kind of in denial over the fact that there was a tear down after they tried to win, you know, try to make the playoffs in year two. And, you know, the reality of the situation is that that that's exactly what happened. The Jets won 10 games. I think they were even surprised. They said, let's go for it again. See if we can win another, another 10, maybe make the playoffs. Old guys got old. Hurt guys stayed hurt. And it was time to just say, all right, you know what? We gave it a go. But David Harris, we're sorry. You don't have enough left in the tank. Eric Decker, we're sorry you can't stay on the field. Brandon Marshall, the down year, dinged up. Ryan Fitzpatrick, thank you for a memorable first season, but you have to go now too. Um, And that was it. We're going to dump our top two wide receivers. We're going to dump our 10-year middle linebacker. We're going to dump our quarterback. And we're going to start over. And we're going to rebuild this thing from the ground up. And that's what they've done. And I asked today on Twitter, only 200 replies, uh, meant to, meant to shoot this out from the official jet nation account with the, their, whatever, 18, 19,000 followers, uh, which by the way, give me a follow on Twitter, uh, and leave a review on iTunes. I always forget that too. I just want to say thank you. There were, there were, I don't check that very often. I'm bad about, I say it all the time. I'm bad about checking iTunes. I'm bad about asking people to follow. Uh, but I did look at iTunes the other day, and there are a couple of reviews up since I last looked. Um, Five-star reviews, very much appreciated. And all reviews are appreciated. Uh, I'm a grown-up. I can take instructive criticism. If you want to call and say, Glenn, you're atrocious and I'm never listening to you again, then I will say thank you for listening at all and have a nice life. Um, so, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes, Jet Nation Radio. Um, give me a follow on Twitter, AceFan23. But what I was saying, back to my point, um, so I, I I tweeted out. I said, hey, listen, Jets fans, a few years ago, after the 2016 season, when the Jets got rid of their aging, overpaid, and or injured players, how, how long did you expect it to take to build a playoff contender? not only a team that, you know, is a, a lock for the playoffs, but a team that will be playing meaningful games in December is basically what I was saying. A team that you can look at and say this team has a realistic shot to go to the postseason, and as they say, once you're in, anything can happen, right? But um, of the 195 votes, one percent said they expected the Jets to be a playoff contender the following season. Uh, those are what you call trolls. There's no way. There's no way you you dump your top two receivers, you dump your quarterback, you dump your you, you know the quarterback of your defense and David Harris. Um, Nick. I didn't even mention Nick Mangold. You dump Nick Mangold. You don't do all that and make the, pre, the, make the postseason the next year. So those people are trolls. Um, 2018 was the second choice and 13% said they expected the Jets to be a playoff contender by then. Um, obviously a bit more realistic than year one, but still unlikely for me personally. Um, and it looks like this is where most people fell. I thought three years. I thought, I, you know, I can respect the fact that the roster that was inherited by Mike McKagan was legitimately the worst roster in the NFL. And he took the worst roster in the NFL, added some pieces, and then tore it down again. I thought, even having done that, you've got to be, you've got to be making legitimate push for the playoffs by year three. And we're coming up. On year three, and that got the majority of the votes. 55% said year three. 2019 is when they expected this team to contend for a playoff spot. 31% said 2020. So really, 86% three years or more before this team would contend for a playoff spot. And I will say right now, it's early, but I don't care. And maybe I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I think this team contends for a playoff spot this year. I think this is a team that wins minimum eight games. And if they gel and stay healthy, which is always a factor, this team stays healthy and Donald grows the way some of the, some of the other young quarterbacks in this league have progressed recently. Then I don't see why this team isn't a, a playoff team, but at the very least, at the very least, they should be playing meaningful football games in December with Sam Darnold under center, and hopefully, hopefully, some new pieces on defense. Marcus May, My, I mean, if Marcus May can stay healthy in the secondary, May and Adams, I mean, corner is a concern to a degree. I'm 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 excited to see Daryl Roberts fight for a starting job, and hoping with the rest of us. That Tremaine Johnson can get his act together on the other side, under under the tutelage once again of Greg Williams. So a lot to uh, a lot to look forward to. It's it's you know the, the off season is always long. You always you always find yourself saying, "Damn it, I wish the season started tomorrow." But the truth of matter the, the truth of the matter in this case, uh, anytime you start over, anytime it's new coach, new players, it, it's even more so because you just you want to get that that you know that last season that was so miserable you want to get that all behind you and move on and see what the future holds we're not even at draft day but i know jets fans are excited for this roster for the, to see what this team can do and um only a few more weeks till the draft we will continue previewing positions some positions of need other positions not so much of need but looking for some value picks and some sleepers because there are always some out there but that will do it for tonight's show. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And uh, exciting times, folks! Draft is around the corner, and uh, the Jets the Jets are are building something, building something special. Franchise quarterback, plenty of targets, and plenty to talk about moving forward. You have a great night, and I look forward to joining you next week. Take care, Jets fans.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Glenn on Twitter at AceFan23. And the show can be found at Jet Nation Radio. Until next time, go Jet!